G'day everyone, welcome to The Sound of Imagery. This is Lee, Lee and Greg for episode six and we're talking everything imaging. Guys, how are we in lockdown? Oh yeah, it's, it's on again. What's his number six for us now, Lee? Yeah, number six. We we just number finished six? five a week and a half ago. It's, 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 wow! It's, it's it's funny. I was um I was talking to a producer on Monday. Uh, funny enough, a producer in Sydney who needs me to film something for her down here. And she said, "Oh, so you guys, you know, but, but you guys are out of lockdown." And I jokingly said to her, "Oh, no, I like to think we're between lockdowns." Um, and she didn't laugh. And I was like, "Right, that's not funny anymore." And now we're back in lockdown, so it's really not funny. Yeah, yeah you're, you're really rocking the uh, avocado onesie there, Lee. It, it oh, looks really it awesome. For those, for those watching on YouTube, uh, check out Lee's avocado onesie. It is green and gold. Obviously, it's not a onesie. The, uh, it's an Udi. It's an, an Udi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you're rocking with the... Sorry, go on. Live, live in the lockdown dream. That's it. Well, there's the avocado yeah, ad on at the moment. You know, they're celebrating everything green and gold. Are they? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're sort of taking the... No. I don't watch commercial TV anymore, so I don't see ads. Really? Me neither. No. What do you guys watch? I'm interested. Just, uh, well, I stream. I mean, we, when we rearranged our lounge room, we moved the television to the other side of the room, and there's no aerial outlet. Not that we were kind of using it anyway. Mm. But yeah, our TV's not plugged into an aerial at all. Wow. We um, we've got an Apple TV, like one of the Gen One or Two, I think, Apple TV boxes. Ones without storage. And um, yeah, we we just stream. We either stream what's on Apple TV or we stream from our phones to Apple TV and watch Disney. And wow. Other than that, I mean, I, just, I sit at my desk here and I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there, Greg. What about you, Lee? You've probably got every Apple TV under the sun. Um, no, well, you know, it's funny you say that. I was just about to buy a new one this morning because. <laughs> of course. Well, no, because because my son plays a lot of games on Apple Arcade on the Apple TV. Uh, my son also loves eating strawberries, so strawberry covered oh. fingers um, using an Apple TV remote. There's a couple of buttons that aren't really working so well anymore, and um, so was, I'm I'm trying to decide whether I just get a new remote or whether I just get a new Apple TV, um, because it's criminal for me not to have the latest one. And but I'm actually, I must be getting old or I'm sick or something because I was like, you know what, I don't actually need because what i was thinking is i'll get the new one and i'll hand the one i've got now one of the ones i've got now to my parents so normally that's what happens i get something new and my parents get an upgrade to last year's version but yeah i just don't need it like we've got we've got two of the 4k ones like the the older 4k ones like one in the bedroom one in the lounge and they both work fine so um but in terms of streaming you know we've got netflix we've got stan we've got amazon prime um, we actually watch a fair bit of ABC, iView, and SBS. Yeah, ABC, iView is pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, kid, the kids' good... channels too. It's, the kids' channels good too. The, mm. the ABC ones, the streaming. Ones. I, I picked up something there, Lee. You said you must be getting old. I mean, we're all dads here, right? <laughs> um, yep. I can't wait for one day when I'm going to say when I was young to <laughs> to my son. I'm uh, saying it already. I'm forty really? next week. Oh wow. <laughs> Shut up. So what, what um, would what would your one liner be if you were young? When I was young. Yeah, when, uh, yeah, when we didn't we young. didn't have gadgets. <laughs> we had like four channels on the television. Yeah, and then I'd probably launch into the I had to walk to school through well, that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. No, well when I was young, yeah, back in my day, we didn't have mobile phones. If you wanted to ignore someone, you had to read a book. 
<laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, how about this one? I saw it on Twitter today. It was um, when I, when I was younger, uh, we used to get a, a fake cassette player with a cable plugged out of it so we could trick our cars to play out of an iPod, you know, an iPod music. Remember those things? You just plug it in and it had a wire plugged oh, into it. Those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you used to trick it so you could play your, you know, from your Discman, for instance, and a cassette player in your old old car. Yeah, I, I remember how full on it was when I finally got a, oh, no, I think I installed it myself with a friend, like a, a CD player in my car. With, with, and, with, 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 the, with the 12, 12 CDs in the boot. I know, I wasn't that stacker. It was a stacker. Actually, it's funny. It's funny, Lee, just bringing back sort of like cameras and stuff. Um, I still have things like that because in order to use um v-lock batteries which are like these really big batteries that we use for lights and videos video cameras and stuff um in order to use v-lock batteries with the smaller dslr cameras you have fake batteries with a cable coming so you basically have to take so if i want to use a, a v-lock <laughs> on my a7s yeah um, or on my um, blackmagic pocket camera you got to take the, the the battery door off and put in this fake battery that has a cable coming out that you then plug into the bigger batteries. So. Uh, I think I had one of those for my Sony camcorder. Yeah. Camcorder. Couple of decades. But we ago. still do that in, in the video world yeah. sometimes. I'll tell you a funny story about that actually. Uh, when I was at Fuji, I heard a I heard a little rumor. I won't mention stores or anything, but um, they were customizing uh, the Fujifilm XA3 at the time, and um, it was for a century uh, mode. You know how you do like time lapse, and it sits in a box, and basically it's controlled remotely. So they actually had to rewire the camera internally. And in order to do that, they had to stick a, um, a cable coming out of the battery cover. So when you pick it up, it looks like an XA3, but it's got this tail coming out of it. Anyway, I remember, I remember hearing a, uh, an email that got circulated around <laughs> Fujifilm. Some customer <laughs> accidentally, sh- uh, sh- someone in the warehouse accidentally shipped the, the, um, the refurbed version of this. Uh, into a retail store, oh, wow. <laughs> and oh, a no. cus- and a customer took it home, opened it up, and and it's like, what's this cord hanging out of the camera? <laughs> it's like, wow. oh yeah, these things happen in the commercial world. It happens, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it, it's you know, I mean that that brings that makes me think of one of my favorite sayings, which is, you know, never assign malice or incompetence because just as easily explain the situation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Deep. Very deep. Mm. Yeah. He looks a bit like Yoda in that green thing now. Now they're spurting wisdom. <laughs> you just need to do like the whole, you know, hold hold yeah. your little hands like this. You'll be right. <laughs> Get the little ears. I'm sure I, I am. Mm. talking about, um, you know, the whole Star Wars thing. Um, mm. Greg, you've got some, uh, a bit of a background rock in there with your Star Wars. No, what is it? Heads? Yeah. The, the Lego Star Wars Lego heads. Oh, very nice. And you're you're a bit of a collector in Lego. I am a bit of a Lego collector. Nice, nice. Uh, for those for those that uh, don't know, Greg has done an excellent review on um, miniature photography and or toy photography, really, isn't it, Greg? I've done yeah, I've done both. I did it for Shock Kit. I did one on toy photography, a lot of Lego and um, like action figures. And there's a couple of people I follow actually on Instagram. One of them is Sergeant Bananas. If you've got a chance to have a look at his work, that's his name. And he awesome. does this amazing figurine, like, you know, Marvel and Spider-Man and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he does figurines. 
Um, and he sets up mini, they're amazing. He sets up these dioramas and he uses like, you know, four or five loom cubes and he'll have a, like a spray bottle and a, and a vape to create smoke. And he'll even set off firecrackers behind rocks to make it look like explosions. And, and he puts these minifigures in these amazing uh, little dioramas. And um, so, yeah, I did an article, not quite as fancy as Sergeant Bananas, but just talking about some of the, the ways that you can do toy photography. And, uh, and then the other one, yeah, was about miniatures, which I mostly did around Lego because I was looking at doing it on architectural miniatures and they're only about two centimetres tall and they're painted and they, they, all these people in different poses. But to get oh, like yeah. a set of five little two centimetre tall uh, figurines, it's like 27 bucks or 28 bucks. Oh, my God. And there's a photographer that actually, um, I must look it up. We'll put it in the show notes if I can find it. There's a photographer that does miniature photography with these figurines and she'll create these fascinating worlds with everyday objects. Mm. And, and using a macro lens will get in really close, obviously, and, 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 um, and photograph these little miniature dioramas of these tiny people. They're really cool. Like you'll see all these use broccoli as trees. And, wow. And yeah, really cool. I saw actually on LinkedIn just recently today as well, um, they had the face mask, some Japanese photographer had the face mask set up with the ridges going through it, you know, the, that you um, get as you fold it over your face. But they had changed it into the pool lanes. Um, and had the little I figurines coming. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And talking oh, wow. about the Olympics, Lee, uh, you're a videographer, cinematographer dude. What do you think about all the uh, the gear that's being used? Uh, and the have you watched much of the Olympics this round? I I, I I've only watched a couple of about two or three hours when I was at the hospital with my son on Sunday night. Oh, sorry uh, to hear it. Uh, he burnt himself on an oven tray. So like nothing serious. He's absolutely fine. Um, but we had to take him to the emergency room just to get it cleaned up and make sure it was not getting infected and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, they had the Olympics on on, on the TV there. Um, I Funny enough, I haven't been watching the Olympics, but there's a few people that I follow that I know on Twitter and stuff who are working on the broadcast. Um, and there's a guy in particular, Hector. He's usually London-based, but I think he's there for the BBC. And he's been posting like just the most amazing stuff about their HDR delivery and how they're doing the HDR delivery from the Olympics. So um, I don't want to go too deep into it because it's really nerdy, um, <laughs> but it's really cool in terms of, yeah, what's, what's possible these days and the technology involved. And yeah, yeah, there's some very yeah, good yeah. tech coming out of it. Uh, I follow Jeff Cable, who's actually a photographer um, or a sports photographer. He shoots the Olympics every year. And I'm not sure if you saw, but, um, the, he leaked some photos of this, you know, uh, he's shooting on the R3, the new Canon that's being released. And that's a big hoo-ha because Google and the XF data, you can actually see how many megapixels or the pixel size it is. So you can guess mm-hmm. the sensor size. So Canon was withholding that information. So, I mean, what, put yourself in his shoes, right? Do you think he's done something wrong by, by li- uploading the photos and, and thinking that the metadata had been deleted? Wouldn't he have been given a set of instructions on what he couldn't couldn't do with the files by Canon? Surely. Hmm. I, I know. Yeah. And as part of his, he, like you know, not NDA. But yeah, he would have. I I imagine. I don't know, but I imagine he would have signed something um, uh, to say what he can and can't do. I mean, it, it. I mean, look. It's also possible that you know he. 
you know, sometimes you just don't think, I mean, I'm sure he's got mm. a lot of stuff going on, yeah. um, you know, and he's, he's there to do a job, you know, and, mm. and, and mm. his job's not primarily to keep the secret. His job there is to shoot the Olympics and yeah. he might just have so much going on that he just doesn't have time to think, Oh, I should probably learn programming and and spoof the metadata in these photos like what he's thinking is right i've taken the photos i've got to upload these to my producer or my editor or whatever in the next 10 seconds so that Mm. so that they can get them out that's true that's true and you know he he may have even resized them you don't never know um because it tells you just you know the long the the height and the width of the actual image in pixels so it could be resized because i mean why would you be uploading uh full res yeah true because they, I mean, if it is on the new camera, then the files would be huge. Mm, mm. Um, but speaking of the Olympics and photography stuff, do you remember? I don't know if they did it for this one because of COVID and the delay and everything, but they used to release, brands used to release like a camera or a lens, and it was like their Olympic special. Mm. It was like a camera release before <laughs> the Olympics. It was like, I think they just sort of slotted a release into the schedule with the Olympics. But did they actually do that for this time round? They did actually. They did. Uh, well, Nikon did their flagship, uh, which was the Z9, uh, which is yet to be released. They've got a, a pre-order only and a sort of a product announcement. Um, and Are they then logging that as a, an Olympics camera. Uh, well, typically they they would every four years. Yeah. You basically get a new pro camera, and the Nikon and the Canon shooters, you know, battle it out on the, you know, by you know, in the stadium. Uh, to see yeah. which one's going to get the best shot and most press. So, can, yeah, sorry, go on, Lee. I, don't, I was thinking it's, it's funny because you'd think particularly with the Olympics being in Japan, um, with Canon and mm. Nikon there, yeah, you'd imagine there'd be more marketing that we would have seen around it. Yeah, I think because of the the whole pushback of, you know, a year um, <laughs> where the Olympics was delayed, it's called it's sort of uh, threw a spanner in the works because if you if you cast your mind back to the press that was, you know, sort of circulating around the Canon and the Nikon release, it was very hyped up before the Olympics. Uh, so they were going to push out with that. But I think due to the Olympics, due to the lack of uh, components in the world at the moment with sensors, mm. um, I think that's really had an impact. Um, and I know most brands are experiencing some type of trouble and, you know, it's causing price rises mm-hmm. left, right, and center. Yep. So, yeah. Another thing I, I saw, I've been saying on social media about the Olympics, is some of these press people, photographers, you know, even just reporters, they're actually running their own kind of little social media blogs about life in Japan and, and their experience mm-hmm. in Japan. And it's quite fascinating, having been several times, that they there's one that is documenting their daily routine going into a 7-Eleven or a Family Mart, which are big conveni stores, in Japan, and for those that haven't been to Japan, convenience stores in Japan are next level. So in Australia, we consider that you know a Seven Eleven's pretty cruddy, um, and then you know you've got your Coles and Safeway. Then you go to like your Maya Food Hall. Well, some of these convenience stores in Japan are like your Maya Food Hall here. Mm. You know they're really high level. They they sell everything. They've got amazing fresh fruit every day, and um, and yeah, these these you know Western presses are going in and, and documenting their their daily journey into Japanese convenies. Like they're just completely blown away by it. They can't wow. believe what they're coming across. And yeah, it's quite fascinating. Wow. Even, even some of those, yeah, some of those um, I've seen on YouTube, some of those convenience stores don't even have, you know, the checkout chick or the checkout guy uh, working there. 
they uh they basically you walk in the door closes behind you and then you scan your your phone and it takes the payment directly from the yeah. app and then you can walk yeah. out and it will know exactly what you what you're doing yeah, it's crazy. Um, talking about walking out we've we've uh where's simon come on Simon Pollock, yep. the big walkout. He promised he promised an update before we started this podcast that whether he would or wouldn't be joining us. We were we had to wait, await his uh, his notification, and it didn't come. That's it. That's it. So Simon, uh, call out to you, mate. Uh, we want to have you back next week. So I, I can throw that a first warning. Oh, yeah. first strike. Maybe first <laughs> and final. Is, is that for us or him? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of wondering now what are we complaining about really no. <laughs> we miss you simon we love you <laughs> hey lee have you come across a brand called hollyland before yes i have uh, what are I, your thoughts on them oh they're pretty good actually i'm trying to think i there's a bit of i know i wrote a review about i did a review about something of theirs i can't remember what it was wireless transmission yes i think it was yeah it was a wireless video transmitter um yeah. do i still have that Tell us about oh, no, no, what, no. what they I, do. I, I saw, okay. So what they do, um, they've actually started doing. So back in the day when I reviewed their stuff, um, it was wireless video transmitters. And to put a bit of perspective in this, generally wireless video transmitters are hell expensive. Um, well, again, expensive is a relative term. But so one of the top brands in the world for this kind of thing is a company called Teradek. Um, mm. And they do some really fantastic gear, like rock solid, great quality, great performance, all that kind of stuff. But with the Teradex stuff, you're sort of looking at $1,500 to $2,000 and up sort of thing. I think now they make like a $1,000 something because all these cheaper brands came out. And Hollyland was one of the first ones to come out with like a cheaper alternative. Um, now, again, as usual, you get what you pay for. So I think the Hollyland one was about, I want to say 500, 600 US, somewhere sort of in that range, uh, maybe 800. Um, but that's still almost half, if not more than half the price of the Teradex stuff. And what this allows you to do is you put a little box. It's probably about the size of your hand in a fist. Um, and you put that little box on your camera. And it'll have a, a, an HDMI input. Uh, the fancy ones will have an SDI input as well. And that will, and then you put a receiver on a monitor somewhere else. Um, and that will wirelessly transmit the video that your camera is capturing to the monitor, wherever the monitor is. And where you normally use these on set is for directors and producers. So, the direct, you know, as a cinematographer, you don't want the director sitting right over your shoulder watching the shot. Uh, but the director may want to watch what you're filming as you're filming it. So this allows you to wirelessly transmit what the camera is capturing to a wireless monitor that the director or producer will be holding, and they can actually see, you know, what's going on on camera. Um, mm. And generally where the cheaper ones come in, um, their transmission rates, the quality will be lower. So it won't transmit, you know, the full quality. So don't think that you can have a capture card somewhere else and you're capturing the full quality of the camera. You still want to record on the camera um and also the, they'll the, sort of the cheaper you go the more delay there is um mm -hmm. and and range is a very big thing as well so most of these sort of start out at a 500 foot range um but that obviously depends a lot on um you know how far things are from you and if there's 
RF interference. Yeah, RF interference. Um, also walls. You know, whether there's actually, I remember now. That I actually, I felt really bad because they, they they sent it to me to review. This would have been two. This would have been April two thousand and nine. They sent it me for review, and like two weeks later, I had to go on a shoot in Jordan, and I got there to do um, site rec two days before the, the the rest of the job turned up. So I was there for two days to you know, do recce, you know, location scouts and things like that. And I remember shooting the review in my hotel room in Jordan. Wow. Um, okay. So yeah, it's, I think it's still on my YouTube channel actually. So you can go oh, back and look at it. It was actually, again, for the price, I was really impressed. What is your YouTube channel, Lee, for those viewers out there that are, uh, are you looking it up? Yeah, no, no. If you just if you just look for Lee Herbert, so L E E H E R B E T, there is only one R in my Herbert. Herbert. Okay, Herbert, and you have got a website as well. Uh, yeah, so my company, like the company website, is uh, capture.inc. So capture.inc, because yeah. capture.inc was taken. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think uh, one of those things that scares me with wireless transmissions these days, um, the amount of wireless activity that we have. I'm not one of those 5G, you know, people that wear tin foils on the, you know, on the head. But like, can't someone actually just hijack that wireless signal and record something if it's sensitive? Uh, well, a lot of most of these will have some some form of encryption um, built in, and if it doesn't have encryption built in, it'll you know they're doing sort of a little bit of a peer to peer communication. Like you do have to um, you know have these two the, the transmitter and the receiver identify each other. Like you can't just switch one on and then a different one will pick it up. Like they've got to actually, you know they are actually sort of looking for each other. Um, in fact, that's one of the biggest bugbears that I've got with most of the cheaper ones is, you know, you switch on the receiver and the transmitter and you might be waiting two minutes before they actually recognize each other and, and connect with each other. Um, another really cool feature that a lot of these ones, and this would have, this has been, you know, this feature has been out for a, a year or two now uh, where the receiver will have Wi-Fi built into it. And what that allows you to do is so your receiver will put, you know, a cable comes out and goes into a monitor so you can get your video on a monitor, but it will also transmit that video over a Wi-Fi signal. So you can, you can connect one, two, maybe up to three, four or five mobile devices and have people watching the video on the mobile device as well. So you could have the director, but also, so the director looking at it on a monitor, but then you've got the assistant producer watching it on their iPhone. You've got the second AC watching it on their tablet or whatever. That's so, cool. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Again, That's cool. When it works. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah I, I find with these cheap ones, sort of four out of five times they work, but one out of five, you got to switch them off again and on again and just fiddle a bit to get it to work. Sort of like my audio uh, <laughs> pre-recording this show. Oh no, they're much <laughs> better than your audio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for those that don't know um it takes me about i don't know a good 10 minutes or is that exaggeration 10 minutes to actually no. set the audio right uh yeah. something with zoom so yeah oh yeah zoom yeah, <laughs> yeah, must be yeah. yeah but blame it on yeah, zoom yeah. that's it uh greg are you an iphone user i am uh I what am. do you think about i'm not sure if you've seen this i know lee would probably have seen this about scanning your photos on icloud in the next update have you have you read anything about that? I'm throwing on the spot. I don't use iCloud. Ah, okay, that's one way around it. Yeah, Lee, do you know don't. anything about this? I I, I do. I, I read a little bit up about it. Um, What's your thoughts on privacy? You know, what? again, I'm not 
I'm not sure I've got to read up more details into it. So here's, so, so the headline of this, and, and again, this is one of the things where don't just read the headline, go in and read the articles and, and work out, you know, I don't know if Apple's released any white papers on this yet and so on. I presume they have. Um, so basically Apple has come out and said that in iOS 15, uh, which is the new operating system coming out for, for phones and so on, um, they're going to have a feature and, and very important, this is going to be opt-in. So, so okay. it's going to be opt-in. It's not going to be opt-out. It's not turned on by default. For a fee? No, no, no. It's just going to be part of the service. Okay. But so what it, what it does um, is it scans photos to look for potential nudity um, to stop um, looking for like child abuse and things like that. But here's the thing. So, and, and, he, and again, I've only re read sort of two articles about it. So I'm, I'm not, the first article I read sort of suggested that you know, Apple's just going to scan all of our photos in iCloud. And if they find anything that they think is inappropriate, they're going to flag that and report it or whatever, whatever. Now, as I understand it, that's not entirely correct. And what this feature is going to be is that if you are a parent and you have a child with a, an iPhone or an iPad or whatever, again, it's opt-in. So you've got to go in and turn this on. It's not turned on by default, but you can turn this feature on that, it, that then iCloud will look with any images that they send or receive via iMessage to see if there's any nudity in that. So effectively it's sort of looking and could report to parents if their kids are sending or receiving inappropriate photos. So it's really a parental control mechanism. That's it's really, I kind of, I kind of think it's going to go the other way around. Yeah, what's that? Said, I th well, I think, you know, I think about my kids. Granted, my kids are a bit older. You know, they're young adults. I, they know more about the tech than I do. I, I sometimes have to go, I sound old now. I sometimes <laughs> have to go to them and say, hey, how do I turn this setting on? You've got to get the cassette in the car, mate. <laughs> yeah, I do. Greg, yeah, go Greg, back to the CD. Greg, lock them out before they lock you out. So my concern is that they're going to be getting the notifications of me sending nude pics. Oh, that oh. didn't come out right. <laughs> oh, I'm single. I'm still. I'm still on the dating scene. You know, all the rage these days. So yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing that scares me there, Lee, is you said it. I know that you you'd need to do the research on it a little bit more, but it's opt in. So who would opt in if it was if it was from the government side? Well, no, no, but but well. <sighs> And again, it's not government, it's, it's, it's Apple. And this is the thing, it's not like the first article I read about it was sort of suggesting that like, like the way it was talking about it was like, you know, Apple's going to scan all of our photos. And if they find anything that they decide is inappropriate, you know, authorities will be notified. I thought, that, that doesn't sound like that. That sounds Orwellian to the extreme. Um, yeah. And I don't well, think like Apple wouldn't, they're not stupid, you know, so mm -hmm. they, they're normally quite thoughtful about things like this. And so the second article that I read, which is more talking about, well, no, this is, first of all, it's opt-in. So it's not switched on for anyone. You've got to yourself go out and switch it on. And secondly, it's more of a parental control thing. Okay. Um, and, but that's and again, what's in it for the consumer. What's in it for Apple? Well, like, there's interesting... trouble. I want to oh, I want to oh. throw something in here. Sorry, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm just on Petapixel, and uh, the headline reads: "WhatsApp's head calls Apple's child safety update surveillance." And the tweet that that sort of sparked this, he says, Alex Cran uh, says, "On the surface, this is great news, but it's also kind of 
like if Amazon announced Alexa will now call the police if it thinks it hears a murder. <laughs> Private corporations without oversight should probably not be acting as extrajudicial watchdogs. And again, I that that sounds all reasonable, but I don't think he's actually read what the feature is, as, as I understand it. Because if the feature is, as I understand it, just this parental control thing, and the when they find something, the, the report of what they found goes to the parent. I got no problem with that. Like, quite frankly, if you're a parent, you should be watching what your kids are doing online, like a bloody hawk, um, to make sure because there there are unsavory characters on the internet i mean i see it now where my son we you know i my son gets far too much screen time i know that but all i'm going to say is pandemic you do what you do to survive um and so we don't we don't let him watch youtube but he's allowed to watch youtube kids um so he likes watching a lot of gaming things and i've already seen his language change a little bit wow i've had to go in and go you know what you know i don't want you watching youtube things about this so i don't want you watching youtube things about that and you know so even at this young age it's it's a lee you're you're up for an interesting ride okay i've I've got some i've got some parental uh a question how old is too young for a phone a smartphone oh well it depends see i gave brendan he doesn't have one now because he broke it, but I would always give him my hand-me-down iPhone as soon as I upgraded because my older kids, they take care of their own phones. So Brendan, he's younger, um, he's 10, and but I would disable it. So it wouldn't have a SIM card. It was basically he could watch uh, the ABC iView app for kids one. Um, there was no YouTube, no Safari, uh, and Netflix kids I had on there. So it was basically like a small iPad. Mm. like a right. non-connected ipad i know it was connected but it wasn't you couldn't do anything with it yeah um that didn't that didn't worry me because you know i you know and he probably was started using that from when he was about six or seven mm, in okay. terms of an actual phone to use as a phone our deal in, in our household and this is with my older two who are now you know in their 20s um it was the same for them as soon as you hit grade six then you can have a phone but it it stays in your bag and they have to through school rules. It stays in your bag at school. It can come out on the, you know, and by then they're kind of getting themselves to and from school. So it's more of a, it's also a security thing. Okay. For a parent we'll to give them, Yeah, to yeah. We'll give, give them a little um, Apple tag um, and just, you know, keep that on them. <laughs> Get them to ingest I'll, it. Just swallow yeah, it. I'm going <laughs> to rephrase the question to you, Lee. Mm-hmm. How, how, uh, how old is too young uh, for an Apple product? I think it entirely depends on the parents. It depends on the kids, you know, all, all those sorts of things. Um, and I mean, you gave me, you broadened the question for me. Um, so it, yeah, it depends on the product. Um, okay. My son was playing with an iPad probably by, by, by about this time last year. We, you know, we got a few iPads floating around the house Um and when we went into our second lockdown in sort of mid July, early August last year, um, if I did not set up and give my five-year-old an iPad, um, he would have divorced parents by now. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Quite okay. frankly. Um, <laughs> How old was he then? 
five. So he, oh, yeah, yeah, he would have he would have just turned five. Yeah. Um, wow. So, and, and, and I look, I think that's in normal situations. I think that is too young. Um, but we again, four month lockdown. You do what you do to survive. Yeah. Um, I think going forward, like the first thing I would get him would be an Apple Watch. Uh, because, and I'd get him one with cellular. And again, this is more so that definitely if he, if he starts walking to school, I want something on him that I can track him and just to make sure that he's gotten to school. Okay. Mm. And, and that he's at school and, and those sorts of things. And I mean, my concern is more, he's a boy and he's going to break it. So we'll have to get like, you know, just a, a, a tank cover for it. Um, so that he doesn't smash it on a weekly basis. Uh, so that, that that's another thing to to talk about with yeah. Lee, see, Lee's showing his broken phones or his, his pelican, his pelican case. case. So, yeah. Well, see, Lee, some of us never grow up. Um, <laughs> pelican just, case. Actually, on that, that reminds yeah. That reminds me of a one of the early seasons of Black Mirror. Have you guys seen Black Mirror? On and off. Yeah. On Netflix. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's basically a show. It's all around technology and and there was a there was a, an episode. It was kind of set in the future and it was about the kids were getting these implants so the parents could use a, an iPad and track the kids and actually see what the kids see. Ooh. And it was all about this breach of trust between the parent and the child and the parent kind of sneaking a peek and discovering that, you know, the child had grown up and she had, a, you know, it was just all of this. And it, it kind of, it really broached that question of how much surveillance, yeah, for lack see, of like, a better word, is too much surveillance of that like, kids. Like, you know, like, with that, I, like with that, I wouldn't want to know. No, yeah. God no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I wouldn't because want to. Because I think either. about the things that I did as a kid. You know, oh, and I think if it, if I was witness to my child now doing that, I would be. Yeah, that would be mortified. <laughs> yeah, I'd be certified. <laughs> Greg, going going a, a few a few minutes back, one of the questions you asked was, "What's in it for Apple, for this kind of feature?" Um, well, it's 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 actually quite obvious because. If you're, let's say, you know, typical family, two parents, two kids, um, parents have got iPhones and they're thinking of getting phones for the kids mm. and they go, oh, you know what? iPhones are expensive. Let's just get them a cheap Android phone and, and that'll be fine. But suddenly this kind of feature, well, hang on. If we get them an iPhone, we've got this kind of feature. Yeah. This, this is just another little another tick hook. box yeah. that sort of goes, oh, you know what? I was going to get my kids a cheap Android phone but I want to have this feature for my kids. So I'm going to get them an iPhone. And I wonder if it's also about building reliance on, on cloud services as well. Well, again, like I've got to, maybe I was reading about two different things because with the iMessage thing, that's almost got nothing to do with iCloud. Like you could have that. Well, you still need an iCloud account and I suppose mm. it would work on the free account, but I mean, it's just messages. So yeah, I suppose they sort of live in the cloud, but not. it's not as mm. much as like all my photos are on iCloud. So I, I use the iCloud sharing between everything and it's it's super convenient. So, you know, every photo yeah. that I take, as soon as my phone hits a Wi-Fi network that it can connect to, it's uploading those photos to the cloud. I, I switch on my computer. There's my photos. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. First camera for a kid. Disposable? Film? Secondhand, no, or mirrorless. No, go with go go with the digital. I got um, Brendan a quite a few years ago. There's a Nikon. I think I might be wrong. It's like a W three hundred or something. 
And, Are you the waterproof um, one? Yep. Yeah, it's waterproof, shockproof, dustproof. It's shockproof, dustproof. It's got some neat kind of uh, filter. It's got like some filter, but it doesn't look like a toy. It's not like a Barbie or a, you know, a Barbie one like that because you can't get those, and they're quite they're like fifty bucks. This one was a couple of hundred bucks, um, and it takes an SD card and. Yeah, it does filters and frames and it does some time lapse. It does video. So, yeah, I got I got that for Brendan with one of those little Manfrotto pixie tripods and uh, he's used that. Although often he'll take one of my Fuji cameras when of we course. go out together. Uh, I forgot to add in there a phone as an option as well. I mean, for me, I think I'd probably give them a disposable camera, my kid, when he's a little bit older and um, probably get them developed like a few months later. And just see the excitement. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, it's expensive I think that'd fun, be pretty cool. Be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my, um, what do you think, Lee? Oh well, we got, we got, we got my son like one of those plastic. It's like a plastic digital camera that does video, and I've really got to teach him better mic techniques. Um, but it does, it does a bit of video, it does photography. It's got games, so he was excited just to play the games. <laughs> um, but it's 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 actually so cute because he. You know, again, he watches a lot of YouTube gaming videos. So he records, he, he's trying to make his own YouTube videos with the camera. Um, and That's just, cute. God, the, the, the language that comes. So, oh, my wife will kill me. Nah, it's funny. She'll like it. Um, she, he's recording this one thing. He's going, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's my mom. She's really boring. And he's like, <laughs> and, and, my, and my wife's like, what? He's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, she's really boring. And she's like, he's looking at the camera. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and he's trying to be like this cute little YouTuber. But I actually um uh not yeah, it must have been a month ago or a little bit, yeah, at least a month ago, because it was before the fifth lockdown here. Um I've got my father-in-law's old uh OMD EM1, I think. Um, so either an EM1 or an EM10. And I thought this is like this is a cool little camera for for him to have. So I took him out to to the beachfront in St. Kilda. And I tried to teach a six-year-old the, the exposure triangle, which lasted all, <laughs> you know, 30 seconds. Um, it took me 45 years to get it right. So, <laughs> yeah. well, we were, I was trying to I didn't even know it was a triangle. Come on. Uh, no, no, he loves his math. So he was all over triangle. Um, but I, yeah, I was trying to explain it to him in the car. And, and I, I think he got quite bored. He was like, he's like, can you put on the music? Went, okay, you're bored. Um, <laughs> but you know, we got there. He took a few photos. I was there with my infrared camera just messing around. And it was just nice to like I, I understand he's too young to have the focus and, and, and be really into it. But it was just nice to to do the thing that daddy likes to do. And yeah. then he then he went and buried himself in sand on the beach. So he was <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, yeah, so, so, yeah it's I think we're a few years from, from the two of us going on doing street photography together, but, um, well, you I mean, know, the most I, important really part of that is that just that he's spending time with you. Yeah. Exactly. That's the most valuable bit to him. Yeah. 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 It's like your dad talks a lot, <laughs> but I get to hang out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And on that note, um, guys, I want to say thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, it's been fabulous to catch up with you, uh, on this episode of the sound of imaging, and we will catch you on the next one. Cheers. Yeah. Nanai.